Hi, I'm Morgan. I'm Odette. And I'm Madeline. And, and we, we love Christian fiction. fiction. We love it so much that we wanted to talk about it on a podcast. Each episode, we will read classics of the genre or new releases. And discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. So come join us. Hello, hello! Hi, everyone! Welcome to a new episode of Redeeming Lit Podcast. We're so happy you joined us. Yay! Yay! And also, not just a new episode, but a brand new theme. New theme! We are starting our... Amish, Amish fiction. Amish oh, fiction. Amish, uh, yes. Yeah. Amish fiction theme. Well, we did not play. Wow. I thought we were all going to be good and sync. No, not at all. <laughs> so, like a failed song hit from the band. That was terrible. <laughs> Anyways, so we are doing an Amish Christian fiction theme. Correct. Yes. And um, Morgan, do you want to talk to us about why we chose this theme? Sure. So I I am actually the one who pushed for this theme. Um, Madeline and Odette were not very um, enthusiastic or excited about it. But <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> but I, as honestly, I don't read just a ton of Amish fiction. But um, I know a huge percentage of women who are Christian fiction readers heavily read. Amish fiction and um, it's it's really really popular and so I felt like in doing kind of a semi-comprehensive survey of what Christian fiction is that we kind of had to include Amish fiction yeah so that was that was why I really pushed for it as a as a whole and so here we are and here we are we and here we, we are. read it. We are. Do, do we talk about? Do we say the book that we? No, are? we didn't. We just said that we were starting a new theme. Okay. <laughs> so the book that we're talking about today is a classic, classic of this Amish fiction. Genre. Yeah. The Shunning by Beverly Lewis. Yes. I'm yeah. sure probably everyone has heard of it. If, and you can all probably picture the it. cover. Yes. Too. Similar disclaimer as our biblical fiction mm-hmm. uh, disclaimers about this being a book one of a series. Oh yes. Yes. So uh, this yes. is um, an important note because I feel like when we it's, pick a, it's a trilogy, a, it's, it's a, a trilogy. trilogy. So it's three books of a trilogy. Um, well, I don't know what trilogy you wouldn't have three books, but we, <laughs> this is the first one. And I will say that I didn't have quite the reaction to the ending of this, which we'll get into as I did for <laughs> Voice in the Wind. The but, Voice in the Wind from the Mark of the Lion series. Yes, but I will which say that. Which is probably good because with Voice of the Wind, you were mad at us for asking you to read it. Well, and also so, I was devastated true. and emotional and I teared up a lot throughout that whole day. Um, but since I have read the second one, and I will tell you, it's everything these girls promised and more. So PSA again, read You're it. Welcome. Read it. Um, anyway, so you may feel similarly at the end of this book. If you read this book like, hey, why isn't this story resolved? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's because it's There's book two one books it's book of one. a trilogy. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so okay. we have something else fun during an our housekeeping extra section. Special an extra special little tidbit. We, yeah. So, ladies, what's the extra special? Wow. Extra special little tidbit. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> extra special little tidbit. That was hard to say. That was, that was a mouthful. <laughs> um, so, Madeline and I's. Madeline and I's? Wow. Madeline and mine? Our grandmother. <laughs> what is wrong with us today? I don't know. Our sorry. grandmother, she is 92. She um, read that she reads a lot. She's a big Amish fiction. Yeah, reader. she loves Amish fiction, reads a lot of it. She read this book, and Madeline and I did a little interview with her um, talking to her about her thoughts, and we're going to share it on the podcast. Here's a feature. So get ready. Okay. 
So, did you did you like the book? Did you enjoy it? Certainly. What was your what was your favorite part about it? when they told her that she, you know, that she was uh, not their uh, flesh and blood. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. That was, that was a good part. That was your favorite part? Or you just really liked that part? It was moving, well, maybe? I, I liked that part. But I liked the very first where they where the uh, real mother gave uh, gave uh, uh, Becky no what's her name Kathy oh okay the real mother gave uh, where the birth mother gave uh, gave up her baby and gave it to the uh, Kathy's other mother. Yeah, her um, Amish family. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah, that was a good, that was, that was pretty like a, impactful. that was a heavy, a heavy hitter. Yeah, that yeah. was impactful. <laughs> okay, so were there any part, what was your least favorite part then? Or something that you didn't like about the book at all? If anything. If, yeah. Was there anything you didn't like? Well, I really didn't like the way that they treated the baby by not telling her any sooner. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. They for waited sure. so long. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And that made it a lot harder on her than when she found out. Like, that made it pretty traumatic. Yeah. I think so, too. Because she thought her life was, you know, looking one way, and then she found out sure. it wasn't. Yeah. Uh -huh. Exactly. Um, okay, so here's kind of a... I don't... An interesting question for you. So what we do on the podcast is we rate all of the books. Um, we give it a star rating. And what that means is between one and five, we give it either a one star is this book was the worst book I've ever read in my life. It was a terrible book. And five stars is the best rating. And it's like the Bible. The Bible would be a five star read. Right. Bible is like, or the five stars is like, oh, this is the best book I've ever read. It's perfect. What would you, if you had to give either a one, two, three, four, or five stars to this five. book? Five. Ooh, you'd give it a five? Really? Okay. Wow, you really, really liked it. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. I really liked it. Oh, that's awesome. Um, okay, so five stars. You really liked it. There was just one part that you didn't really like. But, okay, so here is another kind of question for you, Grandma. Um, cause you said that you like to read uh, books about like Amish people, books about the Amish community, right? You, you enjoy those books in general? I love their books. Okay. What, what do you, why do you think you like them so much? What do you like about them just in general? They're just common people and, uh, they, they believe what they believe. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, and I like that about them too. And they're very, um, like steadfast, steadfast in their beliefs and, and stick with, stick with their faith people and people of strong faith too. Yes. I think. Yeah. I like that too. 
Awesome. Yay. Well, I'm so glad that you enjoyed the book. That's that's great. She loved the book. Yeah, she loved it. Five stars. Good. I'm so glad. Yay. Awesome. Well, that's actually all that we have for you today, Grandma. Yeah, that's everything. We just wanted to ask you detail about the book. Oh no, we just wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Well, you can if you want, yeah, but we you... just kind of wanted to ask you some questions. Is there any other things that you wanted to talk about from the book? Well, I really did like the way the, the Rebecca hid the little red dress. Oh, is that the dress that she, that she was given to them in? Yes. Like the dress she came in? And how did you, how did she discover that was she like cleaning or something? How did she discover the red dress? She went up into the attic and and opened the trunk and was looking for her mother's wedding dress, oh. uh, her Amish mother. Yes. Dress, and she found down under it. She found this little red dress, oh. and she looked and saw its name was Catherine. Uh, uh, I can't remember the Catherine, her real mother's name. Right. In it. Yep. Oh, she, okay. So she she's wondered and wondered and wondered about it. Then when she mentioned to her mother, her mother, her Amish mother fainted and all that and everything. Oh, and uh, she, she kept wondering, you know, wondering about it. And then her Amish mother hid the the dress again. Oh. And the, the girl found it again. Oh my gosh, she hid it a second time? She hid it in a, a vase. Oh. That. Uh, uh, and, uh, she wandered it up and hid it in a vase way down in the, in the uh, basement where they kept their canned goods and oh, all that. Yeah. She tried to hide it again, but then uh, uh, Katie found it again. Hmm. I mean, why do you feel like she was so... I mean, obviously, I know the Amish are very... You know, they, they like to stick with their own, and they don't really like outsiders so much. But do you think her mom, her Amish mom... Do you think she was doing that, hiding it for so long and keeping the secret from her for so long because she was afraid of what would happen when, when her daughter found out? Possibly. That she would yeah. maybe run away and leave them or... Oh, you think she that? Maybe so. Ask a lot of questions, you know. Right, yeah. and, and, and try to figure out what was going on. That makes uh -huh. sense. <clears throat> Hmm. But when, then when she found out who she really was, she was very disappointed in her Amish uh, mom and dad. I'm sure. Right. That would be hard. That would be hard to and deal with. <laughs> they had planned this wedding to for this bishop, and uh, then she walked away, said she couldn't do it. Oh wow! And then then she was shunned. Oh. Oh, like the title of the book. <laughs> right. The Shunning. Yes. Oh, man. So then she couldn't go back? No, after they shunned her, she could not go back. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And then she, she went off trying to find her real mother. Did she ever find her? Not at the end of this book. Hmm. 
Not at the end of the show. Was there, was there a, um, was there, was she ever able to like reconcile then with her Amish family? Not at the, not at this book. She wasn't ever able to reconcile with her Amish family even at the end of this. No. Oh, I wonder if there's, I wonder if there's a second book in the series where some of those plot points get wrapped up. Maybe. Uh, pardon? I said, I wonder if there's another book in the series that comes after this. Where, well, where the, the next, one, next one is the confession. Oh, okay. So, so I, bet, I bet that that gives us information about, about what happens. It might be. Maybe so. It, it won't let me read it right now. Oh, well, are you going to, do you think you'll, tr- are you going to try to read that one? To find out what I'm happens. To, yeah. Because she went away after she was shunned. Mm-hmm. She left the community and and was going to rent a room with her mother's cousins. Yeah. And uh, she was still, and then from there she was going to New York and she was still trying to find her real mother. But just before she left, her Amish mother gave her some money that uh, her real mother had left when, mm-hmm. they, when they gave her to her. So the Amish people put it in the uh, bank for her. Oh. And her, her mother wanted to give that to her for her just to say she'd have to buy some new clothes and all. And But she at first she didn't want to take it. She said, no, this is yours. And so she finally took it. Hmm. Well, that was, I mean, that was nice of her Amish mother to do that, even though they had to do the shunning process. I think that that shows that obviously she, because I mean, like that was her mom and it was the only mom that, that Katie knew. Yeah. She hated to give her up. Of course. Yeah. I'm sure that was, I can't even imagine as a mom because like adopting a baby, Mm -hmm. like you, that's your baby now. So it's like, then it's. And one thing, I really think that one thing why she was trying to hide that dress was she wanted to keep something of the baby. Yes, that makes sense, honestly. Uh-huh. Yeah. That does make sense. Mm. Well, Grandma, I think, um, <laughs> I think that's all. That was, that was awesome. It was so, thank you so much for talking yes. with us about this. Thank you, Grandma. And thank you for reading the book. We can't yes. wait to, uh, oh, I loved it. I loved it. Oh, I'm so it. happy oh, that you good. loved it. Five stars. The Amish people read. I mean, right. I really like it. Oh. They, they seem real sincere. The Amish people, they're, they're truthful and, you know, they, they're, togetherness mm-hmm. and uh, loyalty to each other and to the community. Yeah. I just like, I just like to read the books of, about the Amish people. <laughs> and that's what, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that's what, that draws you to them. Yes. For sure. And, and honestly, Grandma, I, you're not alone in that because so many Amish fiction is popular. one of the most popular subgenres of like of christian fiction in general a lot of people yes it is a lot of lot of people like to read about amish fiction and i and i think that probably they like it for a lot of the same reasons that you do just that the sincerity and the um the the depth of devotion community community Mm -hmm. right absolutely that makes a lot of sense awesome well 
Wow, that was so fun. So She's a delight. That, that was our interview. I'm sure you'll notice all the background sounds. Madeline and I's children, two, two-year-olds were in the back um, banging Legos around. But um, and also, sure. uh, you probably is apparent that we had not read the book yet when right. we interviewed <laughs> when we interviewed our grandmother. So she, she read was it filling so us in. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, she she devours. Yeah, she devoured it, and she devours lots of books like it. She's mm-hmm. a, she's a mega fan, which yeah. is why we wanted to include her thoughts. I love that. Yeah, it's so, so fun. That was and so fun. <laughs> I will say that this is the the second family member that we've had on the podcast that has rated yeah. the book five stars. That's a, a true. book. So my sister, when she was That's on the podcast right. for the yes. negotiator, she rated it five stars. Mm-hmm. Her grandmother rated this book. Mm-hmm. Um, so we should read the back cover. Um, we yes. talked already that we read the the sh- er, the book that we um, obviously are going over today is The Shunning by Beverly Lewis. So mm-hmm. I'm going to read the back cover. <clears throat> In the quiet Amish community of Hickory Hollow, Pennsylvania, time stood still while cherished traditions and heartfelt beliefs have flourished. But a secret lies buried, but a, a secret lies buried that could shatter the tranquility its inhabitants have grown to love. When Katie Lapp stumbles upon a satin infant ground, in a dusty leather trunk in her parents' attic, she knows it holds a story she must discover. Why else would her Amish mother, a plain and simple woman who embraces the old order laws, hide the beautiful baby dress in the attic? On the eve of Katie's wedding to widower Bishop John, startling news staggers out of her anguished parents, and nothing prepares Katie for the devastation their confession brings. Feeling betrayed, Katie watches the only life she has ever known and begins to unravel, leaving its wake a furrow of pain and a future of hope. All of her life, she has longed for the forbidden things. Will her dreams come at a price too dear to pay? There you go. We will find out. Well, you might not find it all out because, as Grandma said, soul in the first book. Book two is the confession. Yeah. So, so there you go. Book two. So we should do star ratings. Yes. Star ratings. ratings. Yes. All right. All right. Who wants to begin? Morgan, you Um, go first. Yeah, I go first. Um, I rated this a three point seven five. I, I. Didn't love it, love it, um, but I enjoyed it, and um, I thought the story was interesting. It had some kind of, I don't necessarily want to say exciting, uh, intriguing mm-hmm. plot Surprising plot for you. Okay. <laughs> wow, that was so rude. Did you hear that shade? I, we'll talk about this. Know. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Yes. As she was matter, very surprised. As a matter of fact, I was surprised by the ending. It really shook me to my core. So <laughs> there we go. Unlike other people who okay. guessed the ending. Apparently everyone else guessed the ending and it was so <laughs> Two thirds of this podcast saw it coming and were not shook to any part of their core. <laughs> well, I was and I but I'm very bad at predicting endings to be fair. So I'm constantly surprised by things. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm definitely enjoyed it enough to potentially read the next two books. I would like to kind of see how the story pans out. Um, yeah, I liked it. I liked Beverly Lewis's writing style. Mm-hmm. It was easy to read. It was quick going. Um, and I liked, I liked the main character. I like Katie. So yeah, 3.75. That was mine. Cool. Um, I'll go next. Mine. I gave it just solid three stars. Um, I felt like it was like a, like a middle, that was like, that's a middle of the road read for me. Mm -hmm. Um, like, okay. Like there's definitely, there was some like interesting moments, like Morgan said, um, some intriguing parts, but 
at the same time some parts that were just like oh I kind of wanted to skim through because they weren't super interesting <laughs> so it was a very like middle of the road read for me um so I gave it three stars that's good I do like Beverly Lewis as a writer I think she's a great writer mm -hmm. yeah I also gave the book three stars um for similar reasons I honestly enjoyed it more than I thought um I have read a lot of Christian fiction. I honestly can't remember if I'd ever read Amish Christian fiction before, but I kind of went into this um, not expecting it to be uh, dramatic in any way, and there was some drama, uh, yeah. which I liked. Yeah. And I will say that I really preferred mm -hmm. um, Beverly Lewis's style of writing. I think she did a really good job of um, highlighting parts of the Amish life, but not it feeling like that's the whole point of the story. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so I enjoyed that of it solid three stars i thought it was a, a good read i'm glad that i read it um i am intrigued but i will just probably ask morgan <laughs> about how what it happens ends. The other two? Yeah. They they i also wasn't surprised at all at any point of the book i just overall i was like oh there's actually a little bit more drama than what kind of i was anticipating um anyways so yeah solid three stars good mm -hmm. um there's also movies that have been made of all three there books, you go so i watched the first one and I thought it was good. Does it follow the book pretty closely? It's been a long time since I've watched oh, okay. it. I actually just checked it out of the library again. And nice. To, That's so fun. Plan to rewatch <laughs> it this week. Um, but they also have The Confession and The Reckoning that are that kind of like Hallmark-style yes. movies. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, so if you didn't want to read the book, you can go there back you to go. the movie. All righty. Mads Rad Reviews. Mads Rad Reviews. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, there are, this is a well-read novel. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of reviews available. So here's some fun ones that I found. Here's a five-star review from Molly. And I wish you all could see Molly's profile picture. She is just. Let's see it. Can we just cute as see a, it? She's cute as a button. Oh my gosh. She's a So cute. Her white hair is just. Regal like flowing. the Queen of England. Yes. I love it. I hope she my blonde it, hair turns that way. I'm sure it probably will. Yeah. And she's she's looking great. She's looking great. Um, looks like maybe maybe she's a realtor. <laughs> that, it's that kind of a picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Very classy. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's polished. It's polished. Yes, it is polished. It's polished. Five stars. So you can see it on a bench. She said, "Good story, showing why the Amish shun those who leave." <laughs> wow. <laughs> There you go, Molly. Uh, Thank also, you. three people liked her reviews. <laughs> three people were like, helpful. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Here's another five-star review from Jan. Again, a similar feeling from Jan's profile picture. Like, are you realtor, Jan? Are they friends? Are they realtor friends? This is a great oh, picture of you, Jan and Molly, BFFs for life. <laughs> five stars from Jan. She said, I loved this book about the Amish. <laughs> is that her entire review? Yes. <laughs> there you go. Let's move on to a three-star review. Okay. From Nan, N-A-N, capital C, Nan C. Oh, good one. Wow. Three stars from Nan C. Mystery, Amish style, dot, dot, dot. Good premise, but sort of slow, and then bumbles at the end. Bumbles? Hmm. But did she read the same ending? <laughs> I don't know she, what maybe, she means by bumbles. Maybe but she didn't know there was a part two. I think, I thought it was a fun choice of words, so <laughs> I included it Loved in my ads rad reviews. Okay, so now we got two one-star reviews. Oh, Are you ready? It. Yes. All Chris, right. this is a review by Chris. One star. Not my cup of tea in many, many ways. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Why do I keep doing this to myself? <laughs> How many Amish books have you read? <laughs> two people liked Chris's review. Because <laughs> they're like, if 
feel the same way. Same, bud. Aaron, Aaron gave final review from Aaron, <clears throat> one star. She said, I really thought this would be better and less boring. <laughs> Honestly, I've ended many a book that way. It's like, <laughs> I thought this would not be as boring. But you didn't feel that way about this one. Sorry, Aaron. Not this one. I'm sorry about that, Aaron. All right, there's oh my, my there's some fun reviews that I've got. Love it. All right, you ready yes. to dive, dive in? in. <sighs> yes. Okay. okay. So I know that your grandmother kind of she went over She actually summarized it, a good it, amount. It, it really this well. But obviously, we're going to do a little bit more of a deep dive. Yes. Also, as with all books, there will be um, massive amounts of spoilers. Spoilers. Alike. So prepare yourself. Sure there be um, as has every single episode that we've ever <laughs> created, created for this podcast. It's exactly. spoilers. Yes, yes. Um, but... Um, one thing in particular that <laughs> Matt and I are going to focus on is the surprise ending that Morgan alluded to that we were not surprised by whatsoever. And I we would love to hear from you about this. You guys are just going to make me feel so bad about this. No. No, no listen, because we want to hear from everybody. Our listeners were, if you've read this book, were you surprised by the ending? Did you see it coming? Because honestly, when I was reading reviews, I saw a lot of mixed reviews. Yes. Half the people were saying, this book was so good, so intriguing, can't wait to read the other two books. And then the other half of people, it seemed like we're saying this was so predictable. I saw the end coming a mile away. So it seems pretty divided. Yeah. So so just let us know, too, along the way. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk more as, the, as we unfold the plot here. So book starts out. Katie is upstairs in the attic. She is engaged to be married. Yes. To the local bishop. Bishop. Who's in his John 40s Byler. and she's 22. Bishop John Byler. He has yes. five children. He's a widower um, and... Um, substantially older than her. But it is a wunderbar gut match, as she is told over and over again. And she's excited about it. I think she's excited. I think she's, she's happy. She's anticipatory she's of her new I, life. I would, I would say not excited. I would say anticipatory. Of her new life. Okay. Like, she's like, because then we also find out that she was courting somebody else named Daniel who died oh tragically. Yes. And that's and what, that he died tragically by drowning in the Atlantic. I feel like that needs to be said. Sure. Yes. That's a tragic Because it's it says multiple times throughout the book. I should have counted. That would have been a great idea. Well but here's the thing is like Daniel was her like soulmate. Her so first she love, was her in love, love with him. So yes. she's definitely not in love with Bishop John Byler. By any means. Um, but but she's, she's excited about being a mom, like, right off the cuff. Yeah. yeah. And she's really she really loves his kids. Like yeah. they're adorable, they're precocious. She's excited to like pour into their lives and and I think that was kind of what I meant by excited because you don't always like she was excited right. to jump into being a mom yes like, to like yeah. five children to five kids, five kids. kids. she's excited um, so she's upstairs in the attic looking for her, her mother's, mother's, wedding. mother's wedding dress um, and this was actually something that I thought was kind of interesting um, the Amish uh, the wedding dresses that they use are like a light blue like that's the Amish wedding dress mm -hmm. color because usually Amish people wear a lot of darker colors. Yes. that's pretty standard. Um, and but it's the light same. Blue. It's the same kind of pattern of dress that they use. It's not like a different pattern. Right. Um, it's so the it's same, same pattern, style, just a different color. Typically, they'll wear a dark dress with a black apron. Yes. Um, with their dresses. So for their wedding dresses, they wear a light blue dress and a white apron. Correct. So it's yes. kind of a special, and usually you have to make them because. There's right. not, I mean, that's not yeah. typical up there. Yeah, like, yeah. They don't have white aprons like mm -hmm. they have black aprons. But um, but so she was going to get her mother's dress to get it kind of fitted. Because her mom her. was basically like, why are we making you one? Let, let's just, you can try mine kind of thing. And yeah. it had sure. it like, and, like a and I think she was, And I yeah. think yes. she was excited yeah. to wear her mom's oh, dress. Sure. Um, she's the only girl in her family. So mm -hmm. nobody else had worn it except for her mm -hmm. mom. Um, so when she's upstairs in the attic, she's looking through this trunk. She finds a 
red satin baby dress with the name Catherine Mansfield embroidered Mayfield. Mayfield, thank you. Um, embroidered in the back of the dress. Yes. Like as a tag almost. Right, right, yeah. right. Which is very fancy. It's a very fancy. Yes. Dress. This is not this is not a material that Amish people use at all. It's not a color that they use. It was very she was very confused. She's like, Why is this up here? What's going on? But she was also really drawn to this. Mm-hmm. Like she couldn't stop touching the fabric. She was like so intrigued, what's going yeah. on? And she stayed up there for a long time. Just just with the dress. with the dress, looking at the dress. And and crying. Yeah. I mean she did cry. I think just a I lot think of that feelings. she's like so we learned yeah. that like Kate she's Katie. Mm-hmm. Her name's Katie Lap. Um and she like we learned that she's like struggled a lot with um having these kind of forbidden in yes. quotes um forbidden to the older Amish mm-hmm. yeah. um thoughts, she's a part of yeah yes. thoughts um like and when we say that, you might think about weird, gross stuff. But she's talking about um, love for, like, the, her attraction to this fabric, for example. Right. Pretty and things, pretty clothes, mm-hmm. um, music. music that's not Guitar, in singing. the hymnal. Yes. yes, singing, which is not allowed outside of um, Sunday service, because mm-hmm. this, this is an old order Amish. There's new order Amish, and and so I don't know a lot about that. But we're just gonna. This but is based on the book old that they're Amish in this. Yes, so yes. It's, it's much more Which strict, much more strict. Um, mm-hmm. of yeah. lifestyle of a lifestyle. So that's what she. So she's always struggled with this. She like feels like she goes back and forth, and she keeps repenting, and she asks God to take away these desires that she has for pretty clothes and singing and music. But well, and also it's tied to Daniel because she, he was oh, someone yes. who was also, also interested mm-hmm. in these yes. things, and, and they're the one who sing taught her. Together. They would sing together. He taught her to play guitar, and yes. like they would write love songs for each other. And so like it's very like sweet. So she's also having this moment, I think, where it's this like tension point early, early on in the novel where she's holding this dress of the possibilities of what the world offers. Mm-hmm. And I think it's her also mourning the loss of the fact that she is like, nope, what I'm doing is I'm going to marry the bishop and this is going to be my life. Because she's taken her kneeling vows mm-hmm. at yes. this point. So yes. she's officially a member she's of the in Amish. the Amish community. community. Which, which, hap- which is your own decision as mm-hmm. what, like a young, a young a, person, a, like, like a teen, uh, later teen. It happens like after teens. like the, the period called Rumspringa. I don't yeah. know how to pronounce it, but, um, Usually, I think it's 18. Yeah. Like, you, when you're considered, like, an adult. And you can make the decision for yourself, and you take a kneeling vow, is what they call it, yeah. and you enter, and it becomes, basically, you're a part of the Amish church. Of the church. Yes. And that's a decision that you make, so that means that you have to follow all of the, the laws and ordinances yes. and mm-hmm. things like that along the way. Right. Yes. So, she's done she's that. She's officially in the order. Um, so, eventually... Her brother comes up and gets her and is well, like... Because her father calls for her multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, and they're, trying, they're to eat, ha- trying to eat dinner. And she hasn't come down. She always sets the table around like, where's Katie? What's going on? One of her brothers goes up, sees her crying up in the attic, and is like, um, what's going on? She's like, oh, uh, nothing. She kind of hides the dress back in the trunk, comes back down. But doesn't she ask about oh, it? Oh, yeah. She asks her mom like, about it. She asks when, when, when they're I cleaning up. Because her mother... Um, do you remember her mother, like, faints? Yes. And then she, like, says, like, and then the next day when she asked about it again, she's like, oh, I don't remember. Remember? Yeah. She's like, oh, Everything I found a weird a bit, thing. It was a bit blurry. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. does feel like her mom is a bit, like, really trying to avoid answering the question. Yeah. Well, she literally the dress. faints and so, then goes to bed early. Uh-huh. But we know right away as the reader, her mother's uh-huh. name is Rebecca, so we know why, right away as the reader that Katie is adopted. Yes. We know that right away. She is Catherine. 
Her, yes, that's Catherine yeah. Mayfield. Um, that's the dress that she came delivered to them in. Mm-hmm. We find out later in the book the specific circumstances, but we know from the beginning that she mm-hmm. is adopted. She is Catherine Mayfield. Yes. Um, so when Katie asks her mom, Rebecca, about this, Rebecca, she literally says something like, "I found a dress that says Catherine Mayfield up in the attic." What is that? What is that? It's like this really fine, fancy fabric. What is that mm-hmm. from? Why do we have? Why do you have mm-hmm. that, mom, hiding in your trunk? Men, like, oh, I don't. Why do you have that hiding in your trunk, men? And her, her mem faints. <laughs> Has a fainting like, spell. Oh, I, um, which, like, I guess I guess that's one to get out of a conversation. There you go. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I've never tried that, but it's like, oh, I don't want to answer. Boom. And then the next day, sorry, things are blurred. That's <laughs> everything everything I was a bit of a blur. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, but is what basically what happens, because she yeah. approaches her with it the next day. Her mom's like, so, she was like, so what was that dress about? And her mom's like, oh, everything's a bit of a blur. I don't. I don't know. And then she just kind of walks out and does her chore. So Katie's like, all right. So Mem doesn't want to talk about that. <laughs> and then what um, happens is, I mean, there's kind of a lot of, I would consider this book borderline angsty because there's a lot oh, yeah. of like like, Amish angsty. Amish angsty. It's Amish angsty. Yes. Because there's a lot of kind of back and forth in like Katie is just like, just doing a lot of like reflecting and yearning. She yearns for Daniel a lot. Um, she yearns for what her life could be. She renames her horse Satin Boy, <laughs> which his name used to be Tobias. Tobias. <laughs> and she renames him Satin Boy after the dress, I'm assuming. Yes. We of don't know that for sure, but I'm assuming. Um, so that's kind of it's weird. weird. <laughs> and then so so the big plus. plot points though are um, She's preparing for her wedding, for wedding to, to John Bishop. Byler. Mm-hmm. Correct. So there's a point where, like, she comes clean about um, still singing. Sometimes. Still singing. Sometimes. Well, she and also one of his kids catches her humming. Along humming. The road. Yes. So she has this moment where she like confesses to her dead. Uh-huh. How do they pronounce it? Mem and dead. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, that she like still sings, even though it was like something that they had like already talked about. And she already uh-huh. said, "I'm not going to do this anymore." She still sings, she still hums, and she still has the guitar that had belonged to Daniel. Uh-huh. And she is hidden in the hayloft. Um, yes. So her dad is like, okay, well, you have to confess to the bishop, which just so happens to be your fiancé. So there's this whole big scene where she, mm-hmm. like, confesses to John Byler, and he isn't as, like, severe with her as he sure. might have been with somebody else because literally it's his betrothed. And also he's and distracted by her beauty the oh whole gosh. time. And he's also... Oh, that was I a know. little bit cringy to me. I'm not well, gonna lie. John Byler, like, there's a couple scenes of his just, like, inner dialogue thinking about Katie and being excited for their wedding night. That's yeah. really creepy to me. <laughs> it's a little bit Well, creepy. also because, I didn't like, like it. And, and I will say, too, it's like... He's a nice guy. There's nothing wrong no, with no, that. that. But I think it's just because... on the page. I think also because it felt like such a disconnect from like the fact that like especially in that scene katie was like basically on her knees apologizing and confessing the idea of like music do we know if she was on her knees i thought she was because i thought he like i thought she had a like i don't know maybe i just don't want to i did anyway go ahead that's fine okay anyways i well, anyways, anyways, in that, that scene, scene, it felt very, um, like, like a weird disconnect that yes, you're, like, hearing absolutely. his... Because you also find out that she caught his eye 
a long time ago. Right, which she's only 19. No, she's 22. No, she's 22. Oh, she's 22. That's right. That's right. And his yes. wife has been dead for five years. So, like, she oh, died in okay. childbirth with their last with their, yeah, child. Yeah. So, it hasn't been inappropriate. He just noticed her in a, across the way. Sure. And so... I mean, they're doing everything appropriate. No, no, no. Yes. Everything is appropriate. Yes. She's no, there. She's there. Just like as a reader, it's very odd yeah. because everything is so proper. And they talk about decorum, decorum and things like that. And like the propriety of things. And then literally it's like him talking about he can't wait for their wedding night. And you're just like, it's just it's a weird just, disconnect. It's, it's, it's jarring. Yes. But the important thing is then that she confesses to the singing. She's like, gives her like, like vows that she's like, not like going to completely turn away from mm -hmm. it and not do it again. But then he tells her, okay, you have to destroy the instrument of evil, i.e. the guitar. The guitar. So and she, she says promises she that she's going to destroy the guitar. So yes. she's like, all right, I got to go do this. I promised my literal engaged fiance, who is also, excuse me, also the bishop, also the bishop of our community. And I'm trying to be a good Amish woman. I'm like fighting against all these feelings I have because I want to be a good Amish woman. Yes. And mm -hmm. also the guitar for her has much more value than oh, just it's, its, it's, it's musical it's guitar. Right, it's yeah. the guitar of her beloved. Right, yeah. and is how like, she refers to it, and, and it's, it's all she has left of Daniel because they never found his body, so he's mm -hmm. not actually he drowned in the Atlantic in their right. cemetery. So she, she's like, okay, I'm gonna destroy this guitar. So and she goes some, to get it. She's like, you know what? Maybe I could bury it where Daniel's body would be. No, it's November. The ground's too cold. Yeah. The ground's too hard. She's trying to decide how she's she like, wants to destroy it because she then, can't just picture herself like burning it. Burning. She's like, sure. she's like, no, it like makes her like physically ill. Yeah. She's like, you know what? Nobody has to know. I'll just hide it in a really secluded spot. And I'll just have another secret to keep that I never destroyed the guitar oh like my affianced to ask me to. So she's really like working herself. She's digging herself into a hole. So yeah. she goes down into the cellar. Because also the thought of getting rid of it yeah. just like not only made her physically ill, she just was like soft. Like she was just so upset because yeah. it felt like she was actually destroying like, like his her, memory. His, yes. yes. Daniel's memory. Yeah. So she goes into the cellar. She's like, I'll hide it down here. Nobody ever comes down here. There's a bunch of like furniture that her dad had made mm -hmm. for her marriage to Daniel that was just like down down there because they were like, well, you're not going to use this, so we're just going to put it down here because it's awkward and your fiance mm -hmm. died. So she goes to like put it on top of a cabinet. Plus, she didn't need it in her new house because she was able to keep all the furniture. Like, to use he has all, all of the John Byler's furniture, first wife's yes. furniture. Yeah. She goes to put it on a cabinet. There was something on the cabinet. She goes, hmm, what's up here? She grabs it. There's a vase. But it breaks. Like a glass vase. Yeah. Which is something that she, That's, like, they don't keep they stuff don't like that, that around. Yeah. Um, so it slips, drops, inside the glass vase was the red satin baby dress. So it had been hidden again. And she was like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> My nephew says that, has said that when he was littler, when I was babysitting and put him to bed, and he would like, I'd be going to leave. Wait a minute, Auntie L, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And the one time it was that he had, I left his shoes on, but it, it was his socks. He goes, My shoes are still on. My shoes are it's his socks, but just like the wait a minute. Makes My son me laugh. will always go, he'll go, I need a drink. Uh, I need, I need to throw up. He'll say, <laughs> I need medicine. Like, no, you don't need to throw up. Here's your throw up bowl. I, I put a little throw up bowl in his It's like anything. Up. Oh yeah. my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> so then it's like all over again. Wait a second. I have to know what this is about. So then in the interim, we have a, like Rebecca has a flashback mm -hmm. and we find out the actual details surrounding yes. Katie's birthday. Mm -hmm. And it was. As in her actual day she was born. Right. Correct. Like so the she, she was birthed. Rebecca and her husband Samuel mm -hmm. 
had three sons mm -hmm. right off the cuff. Mm -hmm. Yes. Then she had two miscarriages. Mm -hmm. And then she got pregnant a sixth time. Yes. And she carried that baby almost to term. Mm -hmm. But it seems like maybe she was a little bit later, but not full term yet. Correct. And I think she was like maybe like seven, yeah. eight months. It seemed like she was pretty far along. She was yeah. far along, but yes. it was still too. She yes. started going into yeah. labor, and yes. she knew it was too early. Yeah. And she so, knew in yeah. her mind that something that, was wrong. That because she had stopped feeling the baby move. Yeah. So she told Samuel, "We can't, we can't have the midwives deliver us. Yeah. Something's wrong. So we, we to have to, to go to the hospital, mm -hmm. which is uncommon for the Amish people. Mm -hmm. So they went to the hospital. They are admitted. She delivers her baby. The it was a daughter. She was stillborn. Very tragic. Hmm. When they are, and the doctor, the, the obstetrician who attends that birth, advises them to not have any more children mm -hmm. be, for Rebecca's health. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, because of the issues that she had had. Yes. Mm -hmm. So while they're in the hospital is when they encounter this woman. Linda was her name? I think so. Linda Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she was like a young teenage girl. She's probably like 18, mm -hmm. 17, 18. Yeah. And she had just had a baby. And mm -hmm. she had, she wasn't going to keep the baby. Yeah. So basically, they had this encounter where like, Linda sees Rebecca and is basically like, will yeah. you take my baby? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when they come home, when Rebecca and Samuel come home, they bring they're, a baby. they're coming back with a the baby. They left. Yeah. She left in labor. Mm -hmm. They came back with a baby. Yes. So everybody assumed in their community that mm -hmm. that was their baby. And so baby. they just never officially adopted her by like, right. legally. It was, it was not legal. The, no. the woman just handed the baby to, to her. her. And basically. she was wearing that which, dress. Which, wow. And looking at that, you're like... Boy, howdy! Like you're lucky that also she that didn't, could never happen. It couldn't happen nowadays with the no. bands. Well, and and, and, and right. So this That's book was true. written in 1997. So like yeah, it, it couldn't happen now for sure. So if she's 22 in this book, it would have been in what the right the late 70s. 82. 70, 82. It, what if it was written 72. in 97? 72. Nope, 75. <laughs> 75. <laughs> Math is our strength, obviously. <laughs> What? I wish y'all could see Morgan's face just staring at me like, what are you talking about? That's how we looked at her when she didn't understand that. I said, 1982. <laughs> so confident. I was like, what? 2015. She's not 25. Sorry. Okay. It could have happened in 1975. One, yeah, sure. And did. Things like that did happen, I'm sure. That's Baby true. Snatchers. Remember that one book we read? Oh, oh yeah. Was that was the Elizabeth read? Goddard Never, yes. Never Let Go. That's right. Right. Yes. That, were that was a plot point. Anyways. So yes. nobody, nobody in the Amish community ever suspects mm -mm. that because they come home with a baby. They left in labor. They came home with a baby. Yeah. And they didn't tell anybody, including. Not one soul. They renamed her Katie because mm -hmm. Catherine is too, was an English name, mm -hmm. not an Amish name. Yes. And so they named her Katie. Uh-huh. And she's part of the family. Yeah. Yep. And she raised her like her own daughter. She yes. loved her as though she had birthed her out of her own body. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I will say too. I'm not sure if it's like right before this flashback, but somewhere in there we, we get a flash, a very sweet flashback of Katie and Daniel oh, and like their really love good. and like. So you just get a picture of this idea that like they weren't, they were really good friends who fell in love, and so like the yes. sweetness of like yeah. young love and like the possibilities and that he thought there was a world beyond kind of what they knew, and she was also attracted to that. So there's things that like. I think about like kind of those flashback moments. So you get this picture of like mm -hmm. the the wrestle that, that she's feeling, and then you realize, oh, it's so much more to her what she's feeling because she was adopted like right after birth into yeah. this um, yeah 
Yeah. Well, adopted in quotes because it yeah. wasn't legal. So you do, but, get, you do but, get this this very lovely picture of her relationship, what her relationship with Daniel was like. Mm-hmm. It was very pure, very just like sweet, and like the, she loved him with all her heart. So like yeah. that was her first love. She's totally mm-hmm. heartbroken and not over it. Even though uh, it's been years. It's right. It's been several years at this point. Uh, yeah, but not like like only like it was two, nineteen. Though. It's been like three years. Yeah, three years. So, yeah. We also find out that Daniel was like had that same kind of um, looking towards the outside, but yes. not in a way that was like rebellious. Like he, yeah. we, we find out that he like was attending a Bible study with some Mennonite um, friends of his, connections yes. of his, which in to the old order, order yeah. Amish, Mennonites are pretty radical. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just that's how it is. Uh-huh. Uh, we, as Englishers, we would mm-hmm. say Mennonites are pretty conservative, right? Yes. Um, and they are compared to um, just like mainstream Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, you know, they you kind of get this sense that like Daniel started reading the Bible for himself in a different of, way than what instead of yes. maybe just listening to what the bishops and the preachers were saying. Right. Like he started reading mm-hmm. the Bible for himself, and he was really moved a lot by the book of Paul, uh, Paul mm-hmm. the Apostle, talking in Galatians. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Romans, and he was really impacted by these faith come, um, you're saved by grace through faith, yes. and these concepts of like um, what it actually like looks like to follow Christ. And so he was really pursuing Christ in a mm-hmm. different arena, kind of outside of the confines of the old order, uh-huh. which was also really intriguing to Katie. Mm-hmm. So yes. continuing on, the next big thing that happens is the. Wedding. Linda the, Mayfield. Yeah. Well, Linda yes. Mayfield. Oh, yes. We, Kay, Katie's birth mother. Kathy, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Comes looking for her. Yep. In the community. In, she kind of asks questions. She asks questions. Um, she's like, hey, is there someone named Rebecca who... She runs into somebody yes. from the their Amish community. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She's like, like, is there a right. black town Like, parked yeah. outside of a general store. Yes. She's like, I'm looking for someone named Rebecca who has a daughter. It would be about 22 years ago. Or at first she's like, Rebecca, With they're like, hair. there's, there's a, a lot, lot of people named Rebecca. <laughs> she's like, she might have red hair. And then it's like, oh, the oh woman's like, there's literally one person. There's literally one person. One person who has red hair who has a daughter in our community who yes, has who red is hair. Who is 22. Who's 22. So this woman's kind of driving around and everyone's well, talking. Because she's driving around to like people's houses. Amish like, people's houses. Or Amish people's Englishers houses. Englishers don't drive around right. to Amish people's houses. Um, so and that's so unusual. People are talking about it. Yeah. And um, there's an older woman. Oh, that's doesn't she get so a letter Linda, to the older woman? Yes. To the older right. woman who she's like, do you know this person? Do you know this person? And, and then the woman's like, kind of, she's like, she's closed off because the Amish right. are typically closed yes. off to Englishers. Yes. Just because... We don't know all the we don't right. we don't understand all this. Yes, but this that's a that's a non yes. Un, it's not uncommon. No, yes. right, yes. right. So yes. she's like, actually, I do, I, 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 I might know who you're talking about. Yes. Basically, even though in her head she's like, I, I know obviously exactly know. Who you're know who yeah, but she acts. She kind of downplays yeah. it. Linda yeah. gives this woman. She's like, oh, well, if you do know who she is, will you please deliver this letter to her? Yes. Gives her a letter for made out to Rebecca. Rebecca mm-hmm. Lap. Katie's yes. Correct. It doesn't say Rebecca Lapp on it. just says well, Rebecca. She, Rebecca. Rebecca. She didn't know her last name. She didn't know her last name. Um, so anyway, so this woman, she takes it to her. Yeah. She yep. gives it to her. Rebecca opens it, reads it, finds out that Laura Mayfield. Laura? I think it's, uh, is it Laura? I I maybe it is Laura. Laura. This whole uh, time we've been we've saying. We've been saying Linda this whole time. Oh, sorry, okay. guys. Sorry. Um, she finds out that Laura Mayfield is dying. Mm-hmm. She's dying and would like to reconnect with her birth daughter before she dies. Yes. Basically. Mm-hmm. Um. So she's kind of talking to Rebecca about it. And it, I feel like it's very, like, 
respectful. Yes. Like the to- the tone kind of of it. Like, she's like I'm not, not trying like, to like right. I don't want to mess up. Like I know this is. I'm not trying to ruin anything. I just before I because I'm dying, mm-hmm. I would love to somehow maybe connect with my daughter and and just, just tell her a few she, things. Know who she is. Explain some things. Um, yeah. Here's yes. my address, basically. Yes. Um, and Rebecca reads it. Is scared, heartbroken, scared, mm-hmm. and immediately burns the letter. Yes. Like then, when we say burn, we literally mean like shoves like, it in her shoves it in shoves yes. it in the stove. And but she does. It's Laura. Yes. Um, okay. Laura. Laura. So <laughs> when we Linda. said Linda, um, scratch that. Scratch scratch that, scratch that off the record. It Laura is Midler. Laura. We. It's the same person. Laura. Linda. Yes. Laura. <laughs> Linda. Laura. Laura. Linda. Um, so and she does tell her husband, and her husband is like, "We can't, we can't say anything about this." Right. Yeah. Basically, she's like, "Okay, great. Um, don't want to." So then they, the wedding comes. Yeah, but it's the, the night before the, the wedding. Well, yeah, the night before the wedding. That's mm-hmm. right. That's what it is. That literally the night before the wedding, her of Katie's wedding of to John. Katie's wedding to John Byler, Bishop John Byler. Um, she. I don't remember exactly how it happened. But, but she finds out. Her, her parents, parents, tell, her parents her. tell her. Just oh, okay. Her, <laughs> what terrible timing! I know it. Her parents. I think that they just like feel like they can't not tell her. Well, because it reached like a breaking point. You know, like it came to like a boy. Because she's going off riding satin boy and doing all these things and, and, and asking questions. And, they're just like, and, and she's like, okay, well, you know what? You were adopted. You're at, you were actually an Englisher, and we took you in. They tell her everything the night before, and she's like. So and that her mother had red hair, so that's where she gets her red hair from. Because it's like very distinctive. Because yes. nobody not, else in her yeah. family has red hair. Yeah. So here's the thing: is she wakes up the next day, she's like, "So conflicted. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get married today. I'm it's fine. fine. This is fine. This is fine. It's like the GIF of that. Um, I don't know what it's from, but it's like a little animated character. Yeah, he's sitting in his kitchen and drinking his coffee, and everything's burning around him, and he's just like, like, I'm fine. This is fine. (laughs) (laughs) So she goes to, um, literally, her and John are, like, kneeling in front of the preachers. I mean, they're, like, about to say their vows. And weddings in the Amish community are, guys, a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like, there's 200 people here. Yeah. Attending this wedding, people have been cooking food for cleaning, days. Cleaning, painting the house. Oh, like, they cleaned the house. They painted the house because everybody's going to be, there's 200 people going to be over there. So, like, this is a huge deal. They're, they're kneeling in front of the preachers about to take these vows of matrimony to each other. And she just stands up and she's like, <laughs> you know what? I can't, I can't marry you, John. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've got to go. Bye-bye. And she leaves. (laughs) She freaking leaves. And everyone's like, what? What? Because this is unprecedented. They don't even know what to do. They have no idea. There's no precedence for this. And (laughs) she runs off to this little place where she hides sometimes and she like takes down her hair yeah. and is like braiding and is, like, it braiding with Will, it. like a, very Anne of Green Gables yes. style she's just like braiding it with flowers like putting flowers it. in her hair looking at her reflection in the pond like oh if I'm English then I might as well just be English <laughs> you know like yes. I'm not plain I'm English I'm not plain um Oh, no. so which is a term that the yes. Amish people use that that plain could be seen as like a negative term like yeah to to us us. Mm -hmm. like if if i called somebody plain it's not really a nice thing to say yeah but that's actually a term that the amish people use to describe their lifestyle yes 
Okay. So it's not rude. So I'm not trying to. We're not saying anything defamatory. I'm using their. I'm using their vernacular. Um, So she's like, so her mom comes looking for her. She can't find her. She goes back, and then like. And, and everyone's in an uproar. Oh like, what's going on? All of the other, like, there's, a, like, kind of a hierarchy of church leaders, and they're all kind of, like, talking and, like, what's going on? Yeah. So everybody just, John Bonner's like, okay, well, everyone take some food and go home, I guess. Yeah. Because yeah. there's, there's talks, so much There's food. so much food. And it talks a little bit about um, his kids at first being so, well, they're upset because they were excited about getting a new mom. Yeah. But then also, mm-hmm. one of the kids was not that excited about getting a new mom, but was real upset about the wedding ending because he's like... I was supposed to be eating. I was going to eat all these pies. <laughs> I was going to eat everything. And you're so then, telling me that I don't get to eat these pies? But some of the women packed them up a bunch of and food. Then he and, was, he was, and then he, then he, he was, was like, fine. okay, great, fine, great. Right. Don't care. Honestly, fair. I'm gonna, and if I, you're going I, to a wedding a, for some dessert and that, that, that thing gets that's, shut down, that's real. Actually, there's a moment in the book where it was like one of his brothers like tattled on him. Or his sister and mm-hmm. telling like his dad John like mm-hmm. hey Levi's about to Levi's gonna eat the pie while we're in the buggy and John's just like leave him be Levi's <laughs> just <laughs> back there literally Levi's just like shoveling down the pie John's probably like at least someone can be happy today like I just got to let him eat the pie we're dealing with stuff in our own ways people well I wish I, I could t- shove my face with pie right now well, but I have, I have to deal with this <laughs> and like face the community and there's exactly. just a whole lot yeah so, so anyways. She, um, what happens is she ends up getting shunned and yeah. how the shunning process works mm-hmm. is because well, she won't, before she gets shut, like they give her an option to confess. Oh, right. It's like six weeks, stuff. right? Yes. Or something. No, no, no. She yeah. gave her an option to confess uh-huh. and she doesn't. And so she does like, okay, And she intentionally says, I'm not going to You have a six week period to change your mind. Yeah. If you change your mind in those six weeks, you won't be shunned. If you don't, but, after yeah. those six weeks, we will shun you. Yeah. And shunning is... It's it's awful. It's intense. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that you could still be in the same house with someone. Yes. That to me is ten times worse. Oh yeah. She, yes. They had they set up a separate table for her. Nobody in her house was allowed, allowed to, to talk speak to her, her or look at or her. Or look at her. Acknowledge that she she might as well be dead. Exactly. That is the point of a shot. That's the point. And the point of it also is why they give you that six week period is because they like like here's what it would be like to not be mm-hmm. a part of our community. Mm-hmm. Here, Even feel though the you're full like blow yeah. Yeah. of. What it would be like to be dead to all of us. Yeah. And maybe that will convince you to confess your grievance. Yeah. Anyways, after like a week of that, she's like, forget this. Yeah. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to leave. Because her mom does end up like breaking the shunning, like unshun, like that. If anyone watches The (laughs) Office, reshun. (laughs) Reshun. With Andy and White. Um, Anyways, that's what that reminded me of. (laughs) Rebecca goes, unshun, tells her about the letter. Yeah. Rishan. And gives her, like, whatever, however yes. much information she can remember from the letter about her birth mother. In yes. the meantime, also, the birth mother had put, like, a $500, um, like, check oh, yeah, in, right. into her baby dress. Yes. Or, like, $500 cash into her baby dress. Yes. And Samuel and Rebecca had taken that $500 and put it in the bank, and it had been collecting interest for mm-hmm. 22 years. So now it was, like, I think close to $2,000. Yes, I think $1,800. So they had withdrawn that to give her as a bridal present, mm-hmm. like a dowry. Yes. Um, but she refused it. But then Rebecca was like, no, you're going to take this. This is your money. Yeah. If you're going to leave the community, you're going to need this money. So she takes the money. She's like, okay, I'm going to leave. Thanks for telling me about the letter. Mem, I love you. You are my mem forever. Um, Also, one thing that we did not, a character we did not talk about is her BFF. Oh, BFF Mary. Mary. I thought about Mary. Yeah. Yeah. So Mary throughout, throughout the book, like, 
they're clearly very close. Like, yes. they share all these things. And also, it seems like Mary has a sweet spot for John. Oh, yeah. She's definitely oh, into John. Sure. She's definitely into the Bishop John. Yeah. Definitely. And she seems a little bit, like, not jealous, but but she kind of like, talks she, to Kate. Well, she's like, why aren't you, like, like excited, excited about Mary? excited about this. Yeah. And she's like, he's the pinnacle of manhood. <laughs> Is that what she says? No. <laughs> I really hope that literally choked on her trick. Okay, but anyways, that story, Mary's storyline is unresolved. Well, and I will say, though, the reason why I brought it up is because the way for her to leave is that she's literally, oh. like, she, she goes to Mary and it's like, oh, Mary, I know yeah, that you yeah, can't yeah. talk. And there's this this thing, I guess, that there's a tradition, which this is what, what the author said. This is not something I researched, but, like, a male caller would come and shine a flashlight in your oh, window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, as the woman, would know that he wanted to, like, he was coming calling. And yeah, it would be, like, like after your parents yes. went to bed so you could, like, kind of go, right? Or that was the, how they would propose, right? I can't remember. Okay, anyway. Something about courting and proposals. So the point yes. is she wanted Mary to answer her. So, so she literally shined a flashlight, and then her and Mary basically said their goodbyes. Yes. Um, because Mary was like, she really couldn't talk to her, but she was like, I need you to know that I'm leaving, like, yeah. da, da 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 all this stuff. Because yeah. also, at this point, everyone in the community knew that she was adopted. Right. Yes. And knew that, like, that was, like, so it, it wasn't like, oh, this is only her family yeah, secret yeah. now. Literally yeah. everyone knew it. Everyone knows it now. Um, so, yeah. So, so the book ends. And that's how the book ends. And she and, well, and you know that she's going to go and stay with her. Her mom has a Mennonite cousin, cousin. I believe. For, and so, a room for rent. Yes. And so she's going to go stay with her they mom. Because like, they were like, come. They were like, welcoming. Look for her birth mother. Yeah. Look for her birth I will mother. say one that's other thing. Is. Throughout the book, we meet, um, obviously, uh, Katie's brothers. And her oldest brother had gotten married. And oh, his yes, wife yes. is expecting. His wife is the sister of Daniel, who was the first love who, who, passed, yes. who passed away. So oh, the part that was not surprising. The very last chapter. The very last chapter. This Very is the part chapter. that floored me, but apparently Madeline and Odette are Daniel's alive. He sends Katie. Daniel he sends alive. his sister. He never a letter. died. He never drowned. Which, like, he's that in, makes sense he's because he's been in hiding. He's been in hiding for years, and he basically in the letter, like, yeah, he he okay. basically in More the letter that. says that he um like wants he like I'm not dead. Da 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 da. To his sister, I want to come back. I want to see Katie. Katie. Like, is Katie yes. married by now? You know that kind of thing. Right. And then, but Katie has left the community Katie because she's been shunned. Shunned. Been shunned. Yes, but like, here's the thing. It was not surprising. They there were so many times in the book about him drowning in the Atlantic and, and no body. It was literally okay. zero surprise. I was shocked. I was like, what? Daniel's alive? What well, is going to happen? Here's the reason I guessed it. I didn't guess it because of how many times they talked about him, his body not being ever found. I guessed it because I was like, this is a romance trilogy. He's not dead, is he? He's going to come back. That's the reason I guessed mm. it. I was like, this, this is, I know this is a romance trilogy. I, There's no romance in this book other than her alleged, no, yeah. her relationship with her so-called alleged deceased. Right. Oh, I was like, it definitely was a, a real relationship. Yeah. Sorry. That's they were betrothed, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Allegedly dead yeah. man. Yes. And I'm like, well, then he's probably not dead. So, listeners, yes. we would love to hear mm-hmm. from you. If you what read this book. surprising to you? With us or before, whatever. Was that part of the plot surprising to you? And what made you think that was par for the course of the plot? If you were surprised or weren't. So, yes. let us know. Please let us know. Yeah. Awesome. So that was the shunning. Yes. The shunning. That is the shunning. That is the shunning. And I mean, it was good. It was a good book. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought um, it was a fun plot. Yeah. And now we are going to go into my own personal little segment. Yes. 
I'm so excited. And this segment is obviously uh, <laughs> Morgan's my random segment. Rant drink. My random <laughs> drink. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, pause. No, I was just waiting for the right moment. So, food to try. So, there was a lot of um, food mention mm-hmm. in this. And one of the things that they talked about is uh, chow chow. They talked about that a lot. We actually live in a part of the world that has an Amish community Mm -hmm. near us. And so there's a lot of Amish food available to us. So you'll hear some dishes clinking, sorry, because I have my little try dishes set out here. So I got some chow chow to try. They talked about it at least twice. I have this fun little jar. It says Thelma's Old Fashioned Recipes, chow chow. Um, there's a lot of things in this, mostly vegetables. And I think it's and some sort of relish. It's all pickled, right? Pickled. I think, I don't know, I've never tried chow chow. What's the ingredients? Yeah. Okay. Can you, can you tell us So, that? uh. Before we're going to eat it, tell us what we're eating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd like oh, to know a little bit. Keep it a surprise. Carrots, cauliflower, peppers, green beans, kidney beans, onions, celery, cucumbers, corn, lima beans, chickpeas, great northern beans, yellow beans, cane sugar, vinegar, water, pickling spice, salt, and turmeric. So So it's a bunch of pickled vegetables and beans. Yes. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. We got a chow on the chow chow. (laughs) Good one. I'm going to smell it first. Wait, can I smell it too? It smells delicious. It smells like a relish. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. It smells very relishy. Oh, Madeline. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I do not like the way that smells. Okay. I think it smells good. It's like a sweet relish is what it smells like. Oh, I wonder if it'll be like okay. sweet pickles. I love sweet pickles. Do you like sweet no, pickles? No, I prefer dill. I, I, I can polish off a jar of dill pickles. Sweet, pickles. sweet pickles are my favorite. Oh, no. I feel like it's like a weird a weird ju- okay. juxtaposition of how... Uh, All right. So... Pickles uh, should be. I'm nervous about All right. Forks for we're everyone. Also, we're also... We, we've never done like a video segment on our <laughs> podcast, but I thought it would be fun to do. Okay. Okay. okay, are we all going to take a bite together? Tell yeah, everyone what... Oh, this is a huge thing. This is cauliflower. I got cauliflower. I got oh, a... Uh, I got cucumber. some, I got some switching, green beans. I'm switching I got pepper. some corns. I got a pepper. Okay, okay ready? Yeah. yeah. That's not good. <laughs> it tastes like a sweet pickle. This is delicious. Well, me. you can have mine. Are you kidding? <laughs> Scraping it in my bowl. Right here. <laughs> That's good. Okay, so I don't like dill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it had a dill flavor, I'd be all about it. I'm gonna, is this an actual cu- cucumber? Mm-hmm. I'm going to get this for my kids when I get home. I bet they'll eat this. Yeah. It's so sweet. It, it literally oh, tastes so like good. sweet pickles. I like it. Which I feel like sweet pickles are the kind of thing that... Um, <laughs> uh, sorry for all the dishes clanking. Um, that like my grandfather, he would make canned pickles and that's the kind he made. That's good um, stuff. Yeah. Like so that was such a fun... Uh, uh, well, I have, one, I have one more. Do I have time oh. for one more oh, tiny course, little you, thing? Yeah, go yes. for it. Um... The other thing that I that I wanted to talk about is a little bit of um, like I was curious about these books. If Amish people really read them, did you? Is this something you looked up? Hmm. No, um, because I feel like I don't know. I was just curious about it, and I looked it up and I found a few different, like mostly blogs type thing. But one of the blogs was about someone. So a librarian in a heavily Amish community who has a lot of Amish people come to the library and she's like, here are the types of books that Amish people check out. Um, and another one was someone who is an author of Amish books who has friends in the Amish community and was mm-hmm. like, here are the books that they tell me that they read. So it's that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I found out that they do in fact read check out Amish, Amish fiction. Check out there Amish you go. Fiction. That's so fun. I feel like that's, uh-huh. that's kind of shocking to me. And um, do, is they, they, are they like, this is not 
Well, okay. Well, here's here's some of yeah, that. That'd be my uh, question. Some, like, do they look at this it, and it, be like, that oh, doesn't it's happen. That, yeah. it depends because there have been some. Now, the blog articles that I looked at were from like, um, 2013. So this mm-hmm. was a little while ago. Um, but a couple, and she didn't say the names of the authors, but like, <clears throat> one of the articles was saying like, now there are some authors who there's some things that they really don't like. Like, if the bishop is made to look bad that makes people mad because he's like this pillar of the community the community and Mm -hmm. it's actually like a really yes humble person so if the bishop is made to look like mean or cruel or making bad decisions bad decisions they're like no we don't like that and then there have been a couple um authors who certain like or nuns um or groups have banned because they don't like the author's portrayal of the Amish community. So there you go. So Which there are that makes sense. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But I just thought that was kind of That's an interesting right. thing because I had no idea. So those were my rap trails. Chow Chow and... Um, Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So the next section is um, uh, Odette's relevant research. Wait. Do you wow, need to do Odette. your thing? Oh yeah, sorry. I, I'm just trying to type in my computer password so I can pull up all the research. There we go. I'm gonna do it too now. We all yes. do it now. All three of us do it. Wow, that one. Yeah, you gotta do it the other way. Try again. Oh, 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 I saw the audio yeah. go up on that one. Okay, so I did a little bit of research. Um, I will also say that like I didn't do extensive research. Um, I also know that the um, in our area where we live, it's very prevalent, especially in certain parts of kind of the the southern end of our. Um, uh, community, um, not like our, but like the area mm-hmm. that we live in, that there's definitely a huge Amish population. But mm-hmm. I was very curious um, because um, Beverly Lewis, um, the author of this book, um, she was born in the heart of um, Amish County, which is Lancaster, Pennsylvania. If I say Lancaster, Pennsylvania, most listeners, even if you haven't heard or been to Lancaster, there is a huge Amish um, yes. population there, We're and that's kind of what it's known for. Um, I will say um, I've been to Lancaster, and there is also a lot of fun restaurants, and it has a very lively and fun downtown, and it's a really fun um, food scene. And place so it's to go. not just like it's not just Amish mm-hmm. Amish farms. Yes. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I wanted to kind of look at um, that. So so Beverly, I this is research about Beverly. So she started out writing um, at the tender age of nine. She began writing short stories and poetry. Prior to that, she made up lyrics to the Little Fingers piano pieces she learned at the age of five. So she kind of grew up like, which I think That's is just true. so whimsical yeah. and fun. So yes. then um, her first venture into adult fiction is the best-selling trilogy, which we started, The Heart Heritage of Lancaster County, including The Shunning, a suspenseful saga of Katie Lapp, a young Amish woman drawn to the modern world by secrets of her past. Um, listen to this. The book is loosely based on the author's maternal grandmother who left her old order Mennonite upbringing to marry a Bible college student. One Amish uh, county newspaper claimed that Beverly's work to be a primer on Lancaster County folklore and offers an insider view of uh, Amish life. Asked if she's huh. surprised by the popularity of her work, Lewis says, The sales response to my work is astonishing, but even more heartwarming are the thousands of letters a year pouring in from readers. Fans describe her books as having touched a nerve, creating a curiosity about the old, old ways of the Amish, a yearning for a simpler life returning to traditional values in the mainstream society where impersonal high-tech lifestyle reigns paramount, she explained. Beverly takes time out of her busy schedule to answer her readers' letters. That was so delightful. Nice. That's awesome. And also, it kind of makes sense. I think, Morgan, that's something you pointed out, is like, there's something about this. Like, when you read this book, it does feel like you're taking a step back in time. Mm-hmm. For sure. And so th- there's definitely, I would say, and I've even found, when I spent time in Lancaster, that there are people who kind of have this, like, 
fascination with that like side mm -hmm. of life so it's sure. like a very like there's little museums if you're into yeah. that kind of thing you can go on tours you can take horse and buggy tours like the whole thing and so yeah. it's 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 quite the especially for people like people literally come to Lancaster to to, to see them because it's so yeah. different from kind of how modern life is yes okay the other thing I researched is um uh why Amish um pin up their hair women specifically oh. and what is an Amish bonnet okay hmm. so fascinating stuff also I will say if any listeners have experience and I am misstating things or saying things incorrectly based on my research I apologize because I am by no means saying that I'm an expert and if this is different um I don't is, is sex the right words like like different old order versus new like the Christianity like do you know right. what I'm saying we don't, I don't really know not, I exactly don't know. so so what I'm saying is I'm not saying that this is like don't take this to the bank, so to speak. Yeah. Anyways, don't, do not take it to the bank. <laughs> okay, so, um, so what is an Amish uh, bonnet? Head coverings have been a part of the Amish customs for years. Both Amish men and women adhere to wearing one whenever they go out and about and whatever they are doing. The practice of wearing Amish bonnets or head coverings is stated explicitly in 1 Corinthians 11. It strongly suggests that men should keep their hair uncovered during prayer and prophesying prophesying while women should keep their head covered at all times especially during prayers the passage indicates submission to god and women praying without end um okay so an amish bonnet or head covering is called a cap or prayer cover it is worn and topped with a black amish bonnet used by women in, in amish communities during certain occasions in most cases the only time you see a woman wearing a white bonnet is after she's married essentially symbol that she is a lifelong relation and off the market so to speak hmm. if a man sees an amish woman wearing a white bonnet he will know she's already married hmm. as you may already know or now i'm telling you so you will know amish men grow out their beards as a sign that that they are married which is essentially for the same reason that amish women wear white bonnets before they are married amish men must cut their cut and trim their, their beards regularly becoming married however is a sign of manhood and growing out of beards it helps to symbolize this some men have beards extending far down past their chest yes black bonnets are usually <laughs> worn by uh, amish women who are not yet married if a single amish woman wants to attend church or just go out in town or converse with neighbor, she usually places a block uh, sorry a black bonnet over her head to signify her relationship status there you go there you i thought that was so That's that is yeah. and this is from um a blog called Amish Furniture Factory. Also, I know from experience uh, uh, visiting Lancaster County, <laughs> oh, I was like, um, I don't know what there's a lot of people who are out and about who wear head coverings. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's very common. And they're not all Amish. Right. Um, there's a lot of Mennonite communities mm -hmm. that yes. will also like cover mm -hmm. their heads. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that the way you can tell between... This is a bunny hop off your. No, no, no. Are we calling it a bunny hop? Yeah, we can. Yeah, let's, okay. let's call it a little bunny hop off the research. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe the way you can tell the difference is Mennonite caps are circles. The women's caps are just like a circle mm -hmm. on their head, the back of their head. And then an Amish cap is shaped like a heart. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. I think. I believe that's correct. I think that's correct. Although, yeah. again, no, for sure. I'll do some research <laughs> for my next, for my second book here, and I think we that's will right, we yeah. will uh, answer that question. Um, the last bit of research I did, um, with, and this is from Ohio's Amish country. It's about life. 
plain and simple tagline, like fantastic tagline. That's great. Okay, yeah. So um, this is about weddings. So I was like, I want to know how much of this is like based on fact and based mm-hmm. on kind of obviously. Kind she, of, yes. Beverly Lewis went into detail about Where's how big okay. of a deal the wedding was. So, yeah. Amish weddings are officially held on Tuesdays or Thursdays in the, the later fall after the harvest. Amish wedding tradition has given away to practicality. Weddings are now held year-round and on other days to accommodate the number of couples getting married, which uh, makes sense. Well, that's sure. Sense. Yeah. Um, or else she would have, like, three weddings a day in November. Yeah. <laughs> Courtship among the Amish is more secretive. A couple won't announce their engagement until just a few weeks before their wedding. They keep it a secret as long as they can, and it's always an occasion for a new dress for, for a bride. They typically don't wear white, but one of the acceptab- more acceptable colors of their group. They take great chair- care in choosing the fabrics and the colors of their wedding party. Their wedding part party called attendance in English ceremonies are also dressed in the same color. The young men of the wedding party also wear matching shirts in some cases. At least they are the the, the same color. Um, and then it just kind of breaks down. Um, so it says that Amish weddings are held during a service similar to the typical Amish worship service. The bishop and ministers preside. The couple takes their vows before the church. Afterwards, celebration continues with the meal. The Amish wedding meal is usually a typical fare with fried or roasted chicken mashed potatoes, gravy, and other vegetables. The typical yes. foods at an Amish All wedding have sparked <laughs> a cottage industry in making Amish wedding foods. They can be found in some local markets. Um, after the meal, in some groups, the bride and groom visit the wedding meal guests with baskets of candy to hand out as favors. That gives them an opportunity to greet all the guests personally. After the gifts are open and the guests begin to thin, it's time for the evening meal. The crowd is usually much smaller by now. In some groups, parents will give the newlyweds their first bedroom suite, handmade by the family or another craft Sweet, family. there's two meals served at the wedding? Apparently. That's crazy. crazy. Maybe, I mean, unless the Ohio Amish community does that differently than the Lancaster community. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I feel like the amount of food that this book talked about, it'd be very yeah. easy to have two meals. Were, well, but 200 people. Yeah, yeah. That, right. That's true. Um, was anyways, who that's was more. attending Katie yeah. Lapp's wedding? I don't yeah. know if that's a normal number. So, or not. The, so, the, so that's what I have. Interesting. That's super interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that is um, where where I'm at with my research. So now Love we it. have swoon scale, right? <laughs> Yes. We do yes. That. We do that. So this is a fun one. Because um, like we mentioned, this, this, this is book a is fun one. This book is a first part in a romantic yeah. trilogy. So it's the start of some things and also just the non-start of other things. So, <laughs> right. exactly. so we decided for this, this book is not particularly swoony. I'll stop eating no. out of the bush. So it's we decided that for our swoon scale, obviously remember friends, our swoon scale is always zero to Collinforth and wet shirt. Right. <laughs> so the category for this swoon scale is chain restaurants. <laughs> and I'm gonna go first. <laughs> so my swoon scale is that I thought this book was as Swoonies as a Chili's restaurant. <laughs> the reason why is I can tell you in great detail. First of all, like it, Chili's is kind of what you expect, but then usually towards the end of a meal, you're like, you know what? I will come back for more. I felt that the way about this book. Like it was kind of what I expected. There was a little bit of excitement there, which I mean, one time I went to Chili's and they're like, did you know it's National Margarita Day? So they gave me a party hat with my margarita. So like pleasant surprise, kind of like some of these things in the book. <laughs> And, and and then you know what I'm gonna go back just like I kind of want to figure out what happens to Daniel and uh, Katie, which obviously sure. they're gonna end up together. Well, um, my prediction what if she is she needs someone else when she's out in the English. Board? There's what no if way. John Byler is like, I will have my revenge. Whoa! <laughs> he and Katie, All I'm telling you is he and Mary are obviously gonna get married on the cover of the second movie, The Confession. There's Katie and there's two men there. <gasps> Oh! Regardless, oh, okay. I'm all I'm saying is, is that that this book felt oh very much God. like an experience at Chili's restaurant. 
I like it. That I like it. There, there's parts that I love, but then there's moments that I'm like. Also, I've had better, you know. So sure. that's kind of how I felt about the swooniness of this book. That's true. Although that's the fair. sweet that's Daniel fair. moments, that's I thought were, were yeah. pretty swoony, especially how he wrote like love songs for her, and it was just like very sweet. Mm-hmm. Young that's love, very sweet. Yes. young love. All right, who's next? Oh, I have mine. Do you have like yours? Yeah, I got mine. Go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> so mine is I'm gonna go with the classic KFC. Oh. Okay, and here okay. and here's why. Okay, <laughs> KFC. When you want fried chicken. And you want to fast? KFC. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know what you're going to get. It's finger licking good. It's finger licking good. You know what you're going to get. There's not really, well, sometimes there's a surprise. But in general, you kind of understand. Like if you find like a chicken foot in your bucket. No, okay, calm down. Not, not like an evil surprise. That's horrifying. <laughs> like sometimes it's, it's surprisingly better than other times. You know what I'm saying? But they do have those delicious Biscuit slathered in honey that everybody loves. Those are sweet. Those are great. Um, but when you're done eating, you're kind of like, okay, that would, that'll hold me for a while. That's fine. I don't need to go back to KFC again anytime soon. It's okay. It's good. It's, yeah. it's good. It's enjoyable. Um, and then you're kind of done. That's that's how I felt. But like, you're gonna read the next two, like just like Probably. you would go to KFC again. No, I'll go. To, I'll go KFC again. Well, when the craving strikes. When the craving strikes, <laughs> or oh, quick fried chicken. <laughs> when the craving strikes, I'm picking KFC again. That's what I'm saying. But the craving might not strike for a little while. There you go. Hold you over. You know. Yeah. I don't know that I ever had a craving for fast fried chicken. Really. If I get chicken fingers, I'll yeah, like have that. I mean, I re- semi regularly actually. I'm like, gosh, I just want a bucket of chicken from KFC. <laughs> you must not have grown up in small town Texas. No, I grew like, up in small town Pennsylvania. That was, was like, like a pretty regular. But we would get chicken fingers and fries. Like oh. it. So that's what if yeah. if I have a craving, I'll be like, ooh, I want some chicken strips. Like I'll go to Chick Fil A, get me some chicken nuggets. Chick Fil A is bougie. Let's just say it. Let's just say it, Chick-fil-A is... Compared to KFC, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So I feel like they're just on different planes. You can't say... Like you say, oh, well, I don't get cravings for KFC, but I get cravings for Chick-fil-A. It's like, all right, Richie. Calm down. All right, Richie, calm down. I see you got 15 bucks on nuggets. (laughs) Yeah, but they're the best thing I get. giant bucket of chicken for (laughs) (laughs) $9.99. Feeds my family for two meals. Just one bucket of chicken. I thought she was going to say two days. (laughs) Two meals. Whoa! That's, that would be impressive. Yeah. Okay, so okay. mine is Wendy's. Okay. Okay. Mine, I found this book to be as sweetie as a Wendy's. <laughs> like, are you talking like Frosty and Fry situation? Yeah, because, sure. and that's really why. Yeah. Because I don't eat a lot, a ton of fast food in general. Yeah. There's a couple of staples that, like, you know, like. It's no, it's no Arby's. This book is no Arby's. Let me tell you that. That beef and cheddar, you know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I feel like they used to know my name at Arby's when I was in college because right? I ate there so much. Yes. And those curly fries hit different. Let oh me say, God. let me say, it's oh no Arby's. <laughs> but it's like a Wendy's. And like when, you, when you're craving, a, it's kind of like Morgan's saying. It's like, it's predictable. You know what you're going to get. And also it's like... When you do, when you are craving that frosty with French fries, and you get that frosty with French fries, nothing it's else. So great. It mm-hmm. hits the spot. And, it hits the spot. And then mm-hmm. also, I like to get a little thing of the the dollar chicken but nuggets. Also, I just yeah. want to say this: there's nothing else I like at Wendy's. 
Oh, really? No. They're, they're spicy chicken yeah. nuggets. Are yeah, what about their spicy nuggets? No, I don't like their spicy nuggets. I'm telling you, the only thing I'd like are french fries and frosties. French fries and frosties. So that's oh, kind of why I said they're not okay. You know what we should have like, done? There's not a whole lot. Like, I wouldn't choose, I wouldn't seek it out. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, like, when, I, when I'm when i reading it, I was like, oh, that's sweet. But I wouldn't seek it out. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of why I came I, In hindsight, I wish we would have thought about the, the food element earlier. And, like, I would have brought chips and salsa from... Uh, Chilies. Uh, chilies, and you could have brought a big old bu- bucket of fried chicken, and oh. you could have brought. Can some you frosties. imagine the different vibe around this table right now if I had a bucket of fried chicken instead of this chow chow? <laughs> <laughs> if I had had a frosty, some fries. <laughs> okay, so we might have to take a pause okay. break and go get some food. <laughs> now we're starving. <laughs> so, anyways, well, we got a few minutes left yes, to talk okay. about um, the God factor and highlights factor. and and, yes. and lows. Um, I honestly, the God factor for me, it didn't, I felt like everything was pretty kind of surface level. Like there was, I mean, like obviously they're a community of faith. So for me, it didn't delve too deep. The thing that really stuck out to me was, and I figured, oh, they'll probably expand on it. It felt like she was setting it up to expand on it more in other books, um, were Katie and Daniel's conversations about, um, her flashback Mm -hmm. conversations about, um, how Daniel really felt like there was something more, there was more freedom through Christ that mm-hmm. for some reason their community wasn't getting. And he was just trying to like dig into that. Mm-hmm. Searching for it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really, um, it was just kind of an interesting, interesting to think about, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, because that, that's something, I mean, I, I believe in that. I believe in freedom through Christ and um, saved by grace and all of the things um, and, but a lot of people live in, in a different headspace than that. Yeah. Even within what, what we would consider, uh, con- conventional Christianity. They mm-hmm. do. There's, yeah. there's kind of different, um, yes. levels. denominations mm-hmm. and levels and stuff like that. So, um, that was just kind of an interesting, like I said, it didn't feel like it went very deep, but I was right. very kind of intrigued by that. And it made me want to see how Beverly Lewis would continue continued that I guess so that was kind of a, a a god factor for me that that stuck out in this particular story yeah I felt the same way I, I think that the book itself felt very predictable as in mm-hmm. like the way that god is very woven into the story because that's the fabric of the Amish community sure. is like devotion to god devotion to your family devotion to the church and so I think that that was very evident throughout the book so I felt like and there was like constant like dialogues with god thoughts with god prayer like things like that so I feel like that was like part of the like I said the fabric of the story but I also thought I was very intrigued by how Daniel what he was looking for wasn't wasn't a flashback of him in a conversation with Katie as Morgan mentioned but it was just an interesting thing that like what he was curious about and what mm-hmm. his friends at the Bible study were talking about is that freedom in Christ that I also follow and and have seen changed my life in numerous ways and so I think that for me it was just an interesting part of a reminder of like that that's something for some people that's a revolutionary moment that like can you know bring it to light a new side of Christ that you wouldn't experience without that kind of freedom mindset so mm-hmm. anyways but it was really good and like I I feel like this the story felt like the right amount of God throughout the book just ba- based on the fact that it was Amish and like God is a huge like component in their community so here's the thing is i like that's the biggest factor that i picked up on as well yeah (laughs) but here's my my kind of god factor is kind of i think it's blended with my like a 
problematic. Okay. okay. Ooh, Go talk for about it. it. Let's because. <clears throat> okay, even especially since Morgan said that thing about the Amish people checking out Amish fiction from mm-hmm. the local library. Mm-hmm. Like, how would I feel if I was a member of an old order Amish community, mm-hmm. which I don't even know. If, if you are a member of the old, old order Amish community, are you allowed to go to the library? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe that's for different sex. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like if I was reading this, that would that could potentially be offensive to me. Sure. Yeah. That's you know what true. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this idea of like, no, I'm getting I'm getting all the spiritual food that I need for my community. Why are mm-hmm. you insinuating that I there's should be, something else? I should out be there going should... outside. That's that's the yeah. opposite of, of what we believe. Mm, yeah. That's so you true. know you know what I mean? So to me Okay, so she's writing this Amish book for a Christian audience. Right. Not that's true. Audience. Right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So in that way, it makes perfect sense. But if you think about it from that perspective, that's an interesting thought. But also, it feels like, are we belittling the Amish community's Mm. beliefs? Are we saying... That they don't have freedom in Christ? Well, yes. Right. Yeah, that's an interesting point. How can we make that judgment call? I certainly can't make that judgment call. Right. Because I don't know anything about the Amish church and their beliefs. I know that they, they live... A stricter lifestyle than I would live as far as the way that they but in that even in that aspect I don't know a lot I, I just know that they make their own clothes mm-hmm. they, grow their own food. they grow their own food they don't use a lot of machinery mm-hmm. so in that way they live a stricter and simpler lifestyle but does that always translate to their religion I don't know. Right, right. Also, like, that's such a personal thing for each person exactly. to decide. Yeah. So, like, to that also, point, then, it's, like, the freedom that Morgan and I saw in Daniel as, like, oh, that's something that resonated with how we see faith. Right. That's not to say that people who are in this faith mm-hmm. feel, feel that way. That yeah. they might feel, to your point, the yeah. opposite and feel like that that's negating everything that they built and what they believe. Also, mm-hmm. I had a problem with Katie Lapp's dad. The portrayal of her father, hmm. Samuel Lapp. Yeah. He was portrayed as a rather overbearing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, rather overbearing, um, and the way that, like, never letting his wife have her work, like, he wouldn't allow his wife to speak freely um, about certain things, and also his, do- and his children. Mm-hmm. Just, just kind of like this, um, maybe, like, a stereotype mm-hmm. of of like a, a what an Amish husband is mm-hmm. and I I don't like that because again how do we know yeah how do we I'm sure that there are some people in the Amish community who are like that there's some people in not Amish exactly. communities who are like that in, in, I know people in, yeah. in, <laughs> right. in, in every religious mm-hmm. and non-religious and yeah. every culture and every people group there's going to be people who are who are the worst Mm-hmm. And there's, but then like, but it just made it feel like, and even the way like Rebecca's sub, uh, subtext and Katie's subtext mm-hmm. and like the inner dialogue about like, oh, well, I'm not going to say that because I don't, because I don't want to offend Samuel. Yeah. Or, you know, like uh-huh. there would be stuff like that. And I was like, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that because it's painting. I feel like it's painting with a broad brush. 
mm-hmm. about this people group. And I don't think that's fair. And I mm-hmm. am wondering, because this was her first kind of mainstream, so uh, yeah. speak novel. So I am wondering if, yeah. yeah, if over the years that that that, that has mm-hmm. shifted at all. Because I did feel like there was this, like, what you would expect, like, being an outsider or an Englisher and seeing, oh, this is what you would expect a typical... Um, Amish man to be like and a typical Amish wife to be like yeah. where it's like the which like I don't think that's the the case for everyone because it's it's hard to paint it in broad brush no and so yeah. that part too did feel a little bit because pro- because mm-hmm. honestly too like but also it, I expected it so I feel like while it was a I sure. thought it was problematic I also expected it yeah um and I think a highlight for me was the fact that like you saw Katie's journey of like her taking what her actual birth like lineage was and deciding to like pursue that instead of just deciding that I'm just gonna settle for a life that like she felt like conflicted in and also so so that to me is we we can all you know make those choices in our own life to follow what is you know our path in life versus Mm -hmm. what people's expectations are and sometimes those are good and bad things but I think in this particular story to to her yes it also led to uh, shunning and her having to leave her family and friends (laughs) but also she was adopted and so there was a lot of things that that she was trying to work through so Mm -hmm. there was lots of layers to that so that's good I don't yeah yeah I don't have anything to add to the problematic section I I mean though I I pulled out all of those as well so yeah I think that's a good call out on it um, highlight? Do you um, want any highlights? I do. I've got a highlight. One of um, the things that I really enjoyed, and something that I enjoy in any kind of Amish fiction that I've read, is the, and again, it's a fictionalized account, and a lot of these are not written by um, people who are Amish, <laughs> um, but a lot of these authors do extensive research and like live with the Amish community while they're writing yeah. their books. Mm-hmm. Or so, they like have friends and they talk mm-hmm. about it, and so it's not so just I like think their So it's not totally... Yeah you know willingly yeah um i just love like the slice of life oh wow there's a motorcycle that just drove by odette's apartment complex that did a wheelie as he was just driving away that was feels a job guy feels excessive it does feel excessive um just the slice of life like the things where it's like right talking about the wedding talking about even like dinner prep like things like that because it's so different than how i live my life oh yeah and it's interesting to me in the way that like reading about how pioneers did things is interesting to me it just is very like oh how cool like Mm -hmm. I just I don't know I like seeing how other people do life especially if they're very different from my own I'm a stay-at-home mom so I'm very like the things like laundry and dinner prep and taking care of kids is very much my life right now Mm -hmm. so I just always find it interesting to see (laughs) how other people do it right yeah (laughs) so that was probably a highlight for me I just I enjoy stuff like that a highlight for me was to learning a couple of like new things Mm -hmm. um like because you have kind of like preconceived ideas Mm -hmm. about like the Amish people Mm -hmm. um and I did like the mentioning of like how the kitchen works and like they yeah. have a generator mm-hmm. that runs yes. their like they mm-hmm. have a refrigerator mm-hmm. in their kitchen mm-hmm. be and they have a generator that runs it so they don't have electricity the fridge, and then yeah. they also have running water mm-hmm. in the kitchen and in the bathrooms yes um yeah, I thought that was also i guess operated by the generator i don't mm-hmm. know how whatever but like a faucet that you mm-hmm. turn on um, so I thought that was I never knew that mm-hmm. yeah. because you just assume that oh there's no elect- they don't believe in electricity machines. at least in Beverly Lewis's kind of version yeah. of this yeah, yeah. So again, this was, I feel like she did a good job yeah too so I feel like she did 
Right. I mean, a, while ago. a really good job of kind of painting that like day in the life and like the mm -hmm. experiences of it and I think that that's why I I felt like she colored it well where mm -hmm. it's like you got a good picture yes. it didn't feel false it didn't feel insincere it felt very like natural and so that was definitely a highlight too mm -hmm. cool all right. All right. Well, that was the shunning that was by Beverly shunning. Lewis. So yeah. if you're intrigued, read the what the second one's the confession. The confession. What's the third book? The, the reckoning. The reckoning. Wow. 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 That's good great. <laughs> really good titles. Okay. So then our second book in next episode mm -hmm. is our second book in Amish fiction. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yes. that is Sense of Sensibility by Sarah Price. So yes. it's an Amish retelling of the Jane Austen classic. Yeah. Yes. So Very stay excited. tuned for that. Yes. And uh, we will see you next episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Follow us on Instagram at Redeeming Lit Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple or Spotify so you don't miss any episodes. If you have any questions or book recommendations, email us at redeeminglitpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep, keep it lit! lit.